welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced, as all things should be. My name is Isaac Eblen. I am your host tonight, and with me I have a large amount of good friends that I would like to uh, announce with me. Two of them Infinity Bros, and one a very special guest. So let's go to the bros first. My number one bro and good partner in crime is Zane Ellis. That's right. Zane, how you doing today? Fantastic. That's right. Did me first. That's right. <laughs> I remembered the bit. I remembered it. I got to do that every single time I'm on a podcast with you now. Otherwise, otherwise the bit is going to die. So Take that, the other Infinity Bros. <laughs> in the other Infinity Bro, speaking of the devil himself, it is Jarrett Curtis. So... I was a little hurt that I wasn't number one, but you know I can accept it. Zane is the enigma, <laughs> is, but now I'm not. Not only am I not number one, but I'm I'm the other Infinity. Bro, right? <laughs> like that hurt. Well, hey, brother, you know, that hurts. Jarrett, I would say that I did call Zane my partner in crime. But if we're pairing people up on this podcast, it's you're you and me are are a pair. We're Zane is down, with Robbie, yeah. and Max is obviously with Mark. So yeah, it it's, it's foil, me and you, we're also partners in crime, but I'm a different partner in crime with Zane because we're like right. night shift bros and we record episodes at 8.30 in the morning and right. stuff like that. So, you know, it's a different it's vibe. Fine. It's, a it's different fine. Vibe. If you see tears on the Patreon, it's, it's just <laughs> I still my, love you, somebody's Jared. cutting onions. Yeah. <laughs> I still <laughs> love fine. you. Let's announce our very special guest that we have on the Infinity Bros podcast. It is our good friend and patron, LJ Lowry. What up? Glad to be here again. LJ is a good friend of the Infinity Bros podcast. He is currently the president of Geeks Under Grace, an awesome organization that you guys should all check out. We'll we'll put some uh, links in the show notes so you guys can go check out his content. And he is also a member of the podcast, the Geeks Under Grace podcast. So, uh, LJ, it is good to have you here. And he is one of the founding members of the Infinity Bros Patreon as well. So, perks, guys. You've gotten into the inner circle of the Infinity Bros if you're a patron member. All right, I'm a living so, advertisement. I'm here. <laughs> a living advertisement. He's wearing. You guys can't see us on the on the podcast portion, but he's wearing an Infinity Bros hat. He is literally a living advertisement for the Infinity Bros. I'm a shill. What can I say? <laughs> he's a shill, and we love him for it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, LJ. Well, I really just want to dive into it because we have a crap ton of stuff to talk about. But the first thing I want to do is actually introduce the Infinity Gauntlet. Are you a heel or a baby face? If you could make any flavor cheese it, what would it be? Is it pronounced Grogu or Groku? If Keanu Reeves isn't in the movie, can it be star-studded? It's time for the Infinity Gauntlet, here on the Infinity Bros Podcast. So, LJ, the last time you were on our podcast... Uh, I believe it was episode way back in the 90s, episode 94. Was I was going to say Eternals. the 90s. Yeah, yeah the, not, not those 90s, <laughs> a different 90s. Episode 94 yeah. of the Infinity Bros podcast. Um, he was on our Eternals review. Um, and for some reason, we didn't get around to doing an Infinity Gauntlet, um, which you know very well. So I wanted to do that for you. And we're going to be putting you through the gauntlet for those of you just joining us for the first time. We always put our guests through a gauntlet of questions from each Infinity Bro and see if they can survive and make it out the other end of the gauntlet. So are you ready for the Infinity Gauntlet, LJ? I am. All right. I've got a question from a very strong Infinity Bro. It's Robbie. I know you were thinking Mark in your head, but, <laughs> but I wanted to clarify that this is actually Robbie. So his question is, you're a time cop, and you have to make the decision to get rid of all memory and storylines from one of the original Avengers from the MCU. Who do you choose and why? Oh my gosh, the original Avengers from the MCU. I love this. I, I actually personally like the movie, but what I'm going to say is uh, Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Um, because I think that uh, he's definitely, because of the Universal stuff, He's been done dirty, and if they were able, if they were able to do it proper again, um, if I was a time cop, I would find a way to get Marvel those rights. Hmm. There you go. That's the way you use those those time cop privileges correctly. Yep. Actually abusing the privileges and and doing what should have been done in the first. Yeah, I'd, place. I'd go rogue and be like, nope, this is 
you're not getting the rights to this movie universal good good yeah i like i like that choice that's a good one and really like you in the original avengers storyline anyways like even if you take hulk out of the equation you still got the smart guy tony and you can kind of you know roll with that too so i think that's i think that's a solid choice good one all right uh jared why don't you go ahead and go to your infinity gauntlet question all right buckle up okay so lj who's your favorite celebrity that's not your question this this is the lead up this is part one yeah chapter one okay (laughs) chapter one it's gonna be a real long question buckle up oh gosh um (laughs) this wasn't supposed to be the hard part (laughs) no (laughs) i broke i've broken it we just started and i broke no no no. i I think of and it's probably an easy pick just because I, i i mean the dude's in everything now probably almost too excessive but for a long time i mean it still kind of is the rock like that dude can almost do like no wrong Um, i get it that's the that's an easy answer i would have to think about a deeper answer okay but but let's go here we go go ahead keep going so the rock is coming to hang out with you tomorrow okay and you're meeting for dinner planning on having a good time and if this goes well play your cards right you are now best friends with the rock you're in on everything he's dragging you to movie premieres like step aside um all of his other uh kevin hart is out the door it's now lj and the rock right yes um <laughs> yes. I'm down. in order to pull this off though you have to cook him dinner to impress him what do you Ooh. make um one of the only things i know how to make personally is a tri-tip which is Ooh, a west okay. coast dish yeah um and the dude eats a lot so i would have to make like a ton of them <laughs> yeah and they're almost like depending on the kind of cut you buy it's almost 30 dollars a cut so i was gonna say a tri-tip is Dang. not huge that's not a huge cut of meat like no it's it's a that's great cut of meat though so that definitely tri-tip yep a lot of protein yeah i love that so for pacifier three massive dude. It's, it's lj and the rock turn into some tri-tip <laughs> <laughs> yeah. love it love it that's a good one all right We've got our spicy one coming up here. This is from Infinity Room Mark. Ooh. Now this is this is not quite as spicy as his questions normally are, but I, I still think it is on the spicy side. So if you're stranded on an island with all of the Infinity Bros, who do you think will be the first one eaten and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. LJ's dying. Already. I'm gonna say you know what? I, I, it's, it's, it's sad to say this, but it's probably going to be Max. <laughs> I don't think you're yeah. wrong, honestly. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> He's got the least amount of survival skills. He <laughs> it probably has the most amount of like muscle mass that could sustain all of us for a <laughs> while, at least. I I think that's a solid answer. Good work, LJ. I can't wait to it's see just, Max's he'll, he'll have to some like crazy take that like that's just gonna anger everybody because we're all gonna be hungry and tired. <laughs> we're all gonna be hungry like, okay, and just yes, just beat and him we're gonna up. be like, okay, he's first. This needs to stop. <laughs> oh gosh, love it. All right, Zane, go ahead and shoot yours. All right, so my question, I'm kind of going on the theme, just what we're gonna be talking about later. So like, obviously, I. had everything predator related on my mind and we can kind of oh yeah we can kind of tie this into the previous question so <laughs> my question for you lj is of in any like predator like media or movies whatever what is your favorite weapon that the predator hunts with Ooh. and the, i'm <laughs> i would segue this into the previous question like, this is what we could use to kill max <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, my gosh this is um, this is how max will die <laughs> Probably the glaive or the uh, the like spin the the disc actually okay. yeah the disc the, like, the smart disc blade disc yeah the smart, the smart disc. disc yes well yep. th- I get confused because glaive is also like a bladed weapon but then the glaive is also yeah. like you know crawl like glaive kind of a thing yeah <laughs> so the smart I love disc. that we we've we created this like fan fiction version of the Infinity Bros. <laughs> We're stranded on an island, like, hunting Max to death, and I'm here for it, man. Hey, hey, 150 Patreon subs, and this happens, yeah. 150 Patreon subs, and we buy a private island to do a Hunger Games with the Infinity Bros. The most dangerous games with the Infinity Bros, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I love it. And you know what? LJ will be the first one there again. <laughs> all, all of our patrons are like sitting in a box above, just like watching the carnage go on down below. Nope, yeah, I'm getting in on this. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brilliant. I love it. All right, we're going to Infinity Row Max. What dance move do you use to save the galaxy in a dance-off to save the galaxy? Oh my gosh. The electric slide. My man. My man. It will be quite yeah. shocking. My man. Because it, it will be quite shocking when they see me try and dance. <laughs> that's the real kicker is you that's trying why, to dance. That's why it's the electric not slide. The <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Love it. Yep. So will the galaxy be saved? Probably is the not. real question. Probably not. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. This is it. Last question, LJ. Ooh. And uh, it is from yours truly, Infinity Bro Isaac. All right. So of all of the things in your room or your house even, let's just go with your whole house. Uh-huh. Your house is on fire. You have to grab three things, oh, three no. single things from your house that you can save what are those things dang um my identification first of all 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 that all the important stuff that's that's Um, important and much smarter than i would have been now i'm looking (laughs) i'm like my i want my answer (laughs) i want my answer to be my ps5 but that thing like i'll (laughs) I'll, I'll, I will uh, probably not make it out of the house if I try and carry that giant thing. <laughs> True. Um, be weighing you down. Um, if anything, my Switch would be easier to grab than, than that, so I'd, I'd save my Switch. PS5 is a very expensive, like, PS4.5. Um, True, at this, at this point, yeah. I mean, right. I still love it, but, um, and then maybe a hat, because I know I'd definitely be wearing a hat. <laughs> a hat. Um, so... Not even clothes or anything. You're just streaking out I mean, there. And you gotta <laughs> I mean, I'd be wearing clothes. New clothes <laughs> would be easy kidding. to buy. I assume clothes would be, would be included. but Yes, no. Although it depends on the time time of evening. If I'd probably be in my pajamas. So yes, that would be I was going to say, he's going to have clothes on. <laughs> like He's not going to run out naked. But will he, though? Like, unless he, I mean, unless, I don't know. Unless he was like in the shower. It depends on how he sleeps, I guess. I yeah. that's also... And also depending on if I'm gaming up late at night, like I'm probably not going to hear anything happening if I have my headphones on. So, that's... <laughs> so you're just going to give up and not make it out is what you're saying in that no. situation? or I, I would just, I would feel the warmth at my back and be like, what is going on? And then just like, <laughs> you turn oh. turn around and it's too late. <laughs> yeah. It'd be too late no. for me. Poor LJ. The, cap- make it out. the captain goes down with the ship. Pun- and if you guys haven't figured it already, puns and self-deprecation is what I'm all about. So, <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> that about you. Well, LJ, even if you didn't make it out of that fictitious situation, I think you uh, did a well enough job to make it out of the Infinity Gauntlet. So thank you. Thank kudos. You. We appreciate you being on the show with us. So thanks a lot for that. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I think... We are going to turn to some nerd news, but before we do that, I want to uh, tell you all, if you have not listened to the Infinity Bros Podcast, how we rate things on the Infinity Bros Podcast. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. So now that you know that, let's get into the one is really it's one kind of really big thing of nerd news that has a lot of little side stories. Hey, Zane, I was looking into getting into this gunpla thing. There's one called the Unicorn Banshee. What the heck is that all about? Um, actually, Jarrett, what you're thinking of is RX-0 Unicorn Gundam 2 Banshee, which is from the Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, actually, you know what? It's time for nerd news. It is the HBO Max and Discovery Plus merger. Um, For those of you who have been living under a rock and have not heard anything about this, Discovery uh, bought HBO Max or HBO uh, WB quite a while ago. Um, This was, gosh, this is earlier this year, maybe even. And it made made some news, uh, but, you know, nothing immediately changed. But... We just found out this week 
that they announced a timeline for the two services that's talking about HBO Max and Discovery Plus to be fused together. Uh, they'll launch in the U.S. as a single service in the summer of 2023. Um, and as a result of this, they are going in a very different direction and axing a lot of projects, including Batgirl and the highly anticipated Scoob sequel, both of which were basically in post-production, like done and ready to be released on HBO Max. Um, so guys, this is big news, especially within the nerd community with Batgirl. I mean, on one hand, Batgirl was not a super, super highly anticipated drop. It was made for HBO Max. It was made for streaming. There was no theatrical release or anything like that. But this movie is basically done. Like, they don't have to do a whole lot in production at this point, is what is what all the reports have been saying, to be able to just drop this on a platform. So um, we'll, we'll go around and kind of talk about a few things that's going on here, but I'll go to you first, Zane. What are your whole thoughts on this? Why is WB or Discovery going this direction? And why would they just act something that is basically completed? You know, isn't that just a huge waste of money? Right, like, that's something I couldn't even completely wrap my head around, because it was like, I could understand if, like, they wanted to cut before they put more money, and, like, if they're getting stuff ready, you know, to ship out, get it to theaters, you know, spending more money from that aspect, but, like, as far as I knew, like, this was just going right to HBO, just to streaming. I guess I don't understand putting the axe now, like, if it's already done, just throw it on HBO. Like, just throw it on the streaming service. Like, if it's, yeah, if it's going to theaters, understandably, you don't want to sink any more money into it. I mean, it doesn't make sense if you're already, you know, 95% of the way done. Maybe just finish it, see what you can get out of it. But, like, on this, yeah, it makes no sense. If it was just going to streaming, I I, I don't know why you wouldn't just throw it out there. But, I mean, if if they got a plan and they're sticking to it, you know, all right, maybe this is just uh, heralding of, hey, we're actually trying to make big changes here, but... Just from a business standpoint, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense when it was just going to go to streaming anyways. Like, why would you not just throw it out there? Especially when the total, yeah. like, streaming service, like, it's not going to merge fully to, like, 2023, was it? So next year? like Yeah, yeah 2023 summer would be when the whole streaming, new streaming platform right. goes live. Right, so it's like, I don't think you're really hurting anything just throwing it out there right now, but... Yeah, and basically they had a $90 million already in the project in in Mm post-production. The CEO of Warner Bros. uh, Discovery, uh, David Zaslov, kind of announced like a 10-year plan that they had for DC films, and apparently part of that is just shelving or just canceling a bunch of these projects that are kind of in production. Um, one of which uh, was Batgirl, obviously. Also, I've heard reports, this is not an official confirmation from Warner Bros. Discovery, but the Green Lantern show um, is going to be canceled. You know, a bunch of other like DC projects that are in the works currently are probably going to be canceled as well. Uh, the one that is, interestingly enough, been confirmed by the director of the film is the flash film that is kind of still in production, post-production, wherever they're at with that. Uh, Jarrett, why is this the film that, that Warner bros discovery is, is keeping around and not Batgirl? This is the thing, right? Like I understand the need for a clean slate. Um, if you're going to start cutting properties left and right, you know, do it unilaterally, but you have arguably one of the most divisive and like hated actors of all time right now. Like this dude literally kidnapped a child like from a reservation and is doing Lord knows what in Hawaii tearing crap up. And and they're like, you know what? We would need this dude as our headliner. Like this is the guy we want to keep out of all of this mess. I want to sit in on these meetings. I hope like you know, obviously in, in 2035 or whatever, we'll get a Netflix documentary on like the behind the scenes decision of this and like the life of Ezra Miller and whatever the heck happened. But like, I, honestly, I want to know what the heck they're thinking doing this because it makes no sense to me. Like, is it just that they've sunk so much money into it? But I can't imagine like all the other properties that they've 
canceled have to combine to equal or at least outweigh right. that right and the bad press from this like starting out i don't know man it's to, to right. me this is just a sour note and it just keeps getting worse like every yeah. every so often every couple weeks we hear another thing about ezra miller just being a terrible person and it's like he kidnapped a native girl like i mean yeah she came willingly or whatever but like he he gaslit her into yeah. leaving her family just and like straight wild. up kidnapped her and i'm like wild and he's got he's got a warrant out for his arrest he's literally on the run from oh law gosh. enforcement at this point and warner bros is like oh no no this one's coming out like yeah. <laughs> this one's uh, my guess is it has to be the budget because they put 300 plus million into this movie at this point and which is a high budget for a a superhero movie in general so man it's it's that's got to be it but still you spent 90 million dollars on a movie that's never gonna see the light of day i feel like you could be making some profit off of this maybe you wouldn't even make your earnings back but it's better than nothing at all. You're getting nothing by axing this project. I, in my opinion, I'm not, I'm not like an expert economist or anything like that, but just seems just bizarre that all this is going down. So, all right. The one project that I'm seeing on this list here that is Brent Greenlit still haven't been rumored uh, that has been canceled yet is Peacemaker. As far as like DC projects go, that was greenlit for a second season. That's hilarious. And then The Flash, which the the Flash director confirmed on Twitter that it is not in danger of being being cut, which, again, is just bonkers to think about. And all of this news came out, and the whole cast and crew of Batgirl had no clue. Like, they, they were not told previously. Just poor uh, management so far of this whole thing, too. So, all right, LJ, what what you got for us? What is your reaction to all this news? So, it, it feels weird, because, like, uh, we recorded a, an episode of the Geeks Under Race podcast on Monday night, and this was whenever the um, the Arrowverse stuff kind of came out, that it, uh, the Flash show was being canceled, which, I'm like, okay, that thing's been, need- that thing's been needing to go for a while. Like, yeah, take it out right. back and put it out of its misery. <laughs> um, yep. Which, I love the Flash. Um for a while but the first, uh, like two or three seasons of the flash yeah. are great honestly and, and so it just feels weird like it it progressively like and it's one of those things where it's like when you when you're a podcast that reports on news and all this other stuff just comes out you know and you're like oh well i'm already our information's already outdated but we had a large discussion about this and i really i don't know i think we're just gonna have to see what happens with it there's been stuff of they're reporting that oh 70 percent of the hbo max staff is getting cut but then the head also says oh no but we're doubling down on our hbo max staff too so i'm like okay well mm-hmm. what's what's really happening yeah um my hope is that and then i've heard that they still want to use uh, batman superman and wonder woman my hope is that you know they keep on there's the slogan for black adam it's like the hierarchy has changed or whatever and i hope they kind of actually use that to stick the landing on changes possibly because in my mind if black adam is a good enough movie you can make the justice society the new faces of um the dc universe uh for now i think um because now they're now they're having to get like if they're gonna get ben affleck back which it sounds like they might be gal Gadot still I guess she's still being Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, I don't really know. There hasn't, they haven't <laughs> done anything point, yet. Who the heck knows? And then Henry Cavill's still like, you know, the, everybody wanted him to show up at SDCC, but he wasn't there. So in my mind, I think they need, they should use, if especially if it's really successful, Black Adam as a springboard to be like, okay, here's we're we're launching into our new into our new direction. And the Flash thing that, and you were talking about the Flash, and I'm like, I have no idea what they're going to do with that and like you said they're probably they probably lost so much money that or they would lose so much money if they didn't release it but it's like okay well do you go see that like for me i'm like i genuinely want to know if they are going to make changes to the universe if this is going to be that so do i actually go spend money on it um Mm -hmm. but also you have a platform that you just canceled a movie from that you could do it too 
So it's like I, my hope is they do the Black Adam thing, and that and that it's a popular enough movie to where the Justice Society becomes our new Justice League, and so that's kind of where I hope it goes. Um, but it's really weird. Like we just ha- don't have enough concrete information yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I mean, they came out and canceled Batgirl, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all we know about the future of DC films, other than the the CEO saying we have a 10 year plan for DC films and yeah. that's it. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> so what's, what's the 10 year plan? What is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mentioned peacemaker, but there are some shows that are still on HBO max, um, that, you know, potentially could be, or were, you know, announced before this wonder twins, uh, Supergirl, the blue beetle show or movie. That's oh, I believe. And also an HBO max, uh, exclusive yeah the green lantern show i mentioned the penguin with uh colin farrell from from the batman peacemaker season two so a lot a lot of these shows are you know and then harley quinn actually zane and i mentioned that on a previous episode which which just released their you know was it third season Yep. yep. So you know a lot of a lot of things that are like on. And then look at Joker two getting an official. Right, and they just announced that too. So it's yeah. like, what, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't, I don't. If you have a direction that you're thinking, HBO Max or or WBD now that they're called, like what what is it? Let us know, please, because I I more confused now than I have been about DC, the the future of DC ever. Oh, which yeah. is saying something because it's been spotty, like yep. pretty much its whole existence at this point. And they were real so, quiet during SDCC, like you guys talked about. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. did literally almost nothing, so it's right. just wild to think about. Marvel came and knocked it out of the park, and DC kind of was left like way, way in their shadow. So a lot of questions over at uh, Warner Bros. Discovery. Um the cancellation of Bat Batgirl is just an odd, odd thing. And there's one thing that is in common with Batgirl and the Flash, and that is actually Michael Keaton, which is a weird kind of connection. Michael oh, Keaton was too. in Batgirl. He is also in the Flash. This guy actually is kind of hilarious. He wants nothing to do with like any of this mess. He's like, whatever, I don't care either way. He said, I saw I saw an article the other day that said he's never sat down and watched a superhero movie ever. <laughs> and he's he's the Batman. <laughs> like just wild stuff. I love I love that about him. But anyways, there's that one like little connection. They're trying to they were at one point were trying to bring everything together finally. And it, now I feel like it's just all falling apart. So, man, yeah, any other comments about the destruction of hbo max and dc films gosh i mean like this was talked about i don't know if this was official but there are rumors that like they were going to try to go forward emulating the 10-year plan that kevin feige set with you know the the beginning of the mcu and i made a joke we were chatting about this in in our infinity bros like uh facebook messenger group and i was like guys we're gonna be like in our 40s by the time like they lock yes. it in and it's all That's working. so wild. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is about. weird to think about. If they ever do, if yeah, they ever I lock mean, it down and get something together. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'll never understand. How do they continue to put out just like absolutely solid animated movies with like a continual story that True. are interconnected and like surprisingly really well written and acted? And then just, like, absolutely flub up everything live action, except for, like, Wonder Woman and yeah, Man like of Steel and things. maybe a couple, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of... And we dog on DC, and it's not because yeah. we don't like DC properties. It's right. because we love those properties so much that we hate to continue to see this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm yeah. over it, guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's really sad to see, because... Really what it came down to was that Marvel just hit it at the right time. And Kevin Feige had a vision for if they hit it, basically. And then DC was just left to kind of try to catch up. And they just never could. They they tried really hard to 
kind of get their their connected universe together while the MCU is like in full swing, you know, kind of at the end of phase one and into phase two. And it just, man, they just were playing catch up too far and it just didn't work out for them. So kind of sad to see. But hey, it sounds like we're going to keep getting good Batman movies with Robert Pattinson and I guess Joker too with Joaquin Phoenix. So <laughs> weird, weird stuff. Zane, any comments on uh, Margot, or uh, I was going to say Margot Robbie, <laughs> Lady Gaga playing uh, Harley Quinn and Joker 2? Well, if they're going, if what they were saying, it that it's going to be like a musical, yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense, actually. Still super weird that they're going with a musical. Yeah, I was but... like, I, I, okay. <laughs> it, I, Please no. I can't question anything <laughs> they're doing now, because look what else is going on, so <laughs> exactly. go for it. I don't hate the idea, but it's like you're making a sequel out of a movie that can't that was fine it as a absolutely did right. not need a sequel exactly yeah i'm so excited for the musical sequel to joker <laughs> oh, <wow>. movie <laughs> man absolute bangers from wb <laughs> and like i think all of us in that review were basically like this was a great movie i think we almost all of us gave it a six out of six but it's not a rewatchable movie because it's depressing like you don't you don't need a sequel for I a movie like that. I questioned whether I should be watching that movie when I was watching yeah, it. In the first like, place, right, exactly. And it's not because it's bad. It's because yeah. it's just heavy, straight up depressing and heavy and awful. Yep. But they pictured that in a very, very, very good way. So, man, it's rough to see what the state of DC is at this point. And it doesn't look like it's getting any better in the future. Yeah. So... Sad to see. Well, guys, I think we should probably move on to our advertised content, our spoiler review of the movie Prey that just dropped on Hulu. So we're going to put we're going to be spoiling this movie completely. If you haven't watched it yet and you want to before you get spoiled, make sure you hit pause, go and check that out streaming on Hulu right now. Come back and listen to our review of it. This is prepare yourself. And Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. All right, guys, here we go. We got Prey, a uh, prequel uh, to the Predator franchise. And, man, I'm just going to do a little synopsis here. The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled female warrior fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg and stars Amber Midthunder, Dakota Beavers, and Dane Deligrio. Deligro. There you go. There's there's my maxism for the day. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> that one. So. Love that. <laughs> but, man, oh, this one... I think it's pronounced Amber. i'm pretty sure yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that's how it goes this one dropped it's a hulu exclusive well technically a disney exclusive because on everywhere else but the u.s it dropped on disney plus here it dropped on hulu because they're still kind of trying to keep the mature shows on hulu for the time being the princess card in and say that naru is a disney princess (laughs) there you go there we go Officially, it's official. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, this is dropped on Hulu, rated R on August 5th, 2022. It opened to some pretty solid reviews on Rotten Tomatoes right now, guys. This is sitting at 93% with 169 reviews. Nice. Um, Everybody is talking about this movie right now. This is wild. All my Twitter feed is just... Pray. Yeah, and I've 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 heard a, a few people kind of say that it wasn't really for them, but generally everybody is saying that this is a solid movie and a great addition to the Predator franchise. Um, eighty-one percent audience score right now, so it's still really solid, but critically has done very impressive for a streaming-only drop. And one of our yeah. good friends, uh, Jared Buckendall, got to watch this early, and he was—he's one that we, you know, have on the show quite a bit, and he—we trust his reviews, and he was very high on this movie, and I feel like he is pretty critical. I mean, that's like his literal job as a movie critic, and he—he right. he thought this movie was very impressive, so you can check out his um, review on that as well. But 
man, guys, we're just going to dive right into it. I mean, this is set in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. There's like, you know, like French fur traders that are kind of like also side antagonists in this, along with the Predator, which, guys, let's just like, let's talk about the Predator first, because obviously that's what this movie is about. What were you guys' reactions to, first of all, that we're getting a prequel to the Predator series? Zane, I know, Zane, and this is the reason why we have LJ on this podcast, because he's a big Predator fan as well. Uh, but Zane, why don't you go ahead and give kind of your, your thoughts coming into this movie? Well, I mean, ever since they announced it, I was super excited for this movie. Um, I'm also just really have enjoyed this series. Like, I remember as a teenager, my first introduction into all this was actually watching AVP, Alien vs. Predator. And just it just went out from there, and I just really fell in love. It was just this, you know, everything that this universe encapsulates, and even just the fact that the original Predator movie was just like this idea of like, hey, we're just gonna make this movie. No one thought it was gonna become like what it did, and like it just just grew. And that original Predator movie is an iconic of everything from memes saying like, everyone knows if you haven't even, you don't even have to have watched the movie, you know Predator. Like you, it's just it has yeah. become a a cinema staple, if you will. And mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger with his like mud caked face yep. and just giant guns like duking get it out. Like the, get get to, get the, to the, chopper. the chopper. The, uh, the everybody knows that line, whether you know it's from that movie or not. The uh, the handshake. The well, not, yeah, the the handshake, yeah. like just iconic. Yeah. Iconic. But yeah, no, ever since it was... Bleeds, we can kill it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, like, I'm glad they added some of those into the Prey. They did some of those references from the first movie, and I was like, chef's kiss. But uh, yeah, I was just yeah, so super excited coming into this movie. And I just love the idea of that you can go back in time. Like, we went forward, obviously, with the jungles in South America and then into the cities. Like, it makes sense, because, like, the Predator's been a lot around for a very long time. Like, you can go back. Like, you can keep jumping back. And I heard, uh, not heard, but I was reading an article that someone said it'd be really cool that if someone made a pitch now, since he did it with, you know, the Comanche Nation, bump up a couple hundred years and do it in, like, ancient um, or, like, feudal Japan, have them fight samurais. Like, just start, you know, you oh, can yes. just oh start gosh. going through history, have them go samurais, have them like, pirates. Yeah. Like, just, like, you, adapt that Assassin's Creed thing, just put it, them in, like, different ex- places exactly. in you know, And I feel like the paintings at the end of the credit, that first credits thing, like, kind of could hint at that possibility, so it could happen. Right. Yeah, they definitely did. For yeah. sure. And so, yeah, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm fully on board. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Jared, I'm going to go to you. I mean, you have a little bit of a, a different perspective on the setting of this movie, just living on a reservation and being a part of that community. Can you speak to that and give us a little bit of insight of what you were thinking before the movie? How are they going to handle this, like, being set in the Comanche Nation 300 years ago and all that? Yeah, so this is, like, this was really surprising. So, first of all, it was super cool to see Amber Mid-Thunder um, she is from here. She's enrolled here. She didn't grow up here, but, um, like my brother-in-law saw her at a powwow a couple weeks back, like here on the reservation. So, um, she's around, like, I, I know she's been, uh, back a couple times. And so like, that was super cool to see, like, not just native representation, but like, she's from this community. Close connection. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is just, just amazing. Um, and then like the way they did the setting was really cool. So there is a whole thing and and i would suggest that people do this i haven't done it yet but apparently they did the whole film dubbed in comanche which is amazing because like like native language preservation yeah um it's it's hard to get to and you can like obviously like do a little bit of research and you can find it it's listed separately from the main movie but um comanche nation had had a hundred native speakers as of like 2007 or something and to be able to like go from that to a full dub like that's awesome. kids are gonna kids are gonna be excited for this and learn their native language and all the actors reprise their roles too yeah exactly yeah um and, and so like obviously like this movie is just we're loving it right like everybody yeah. here's talking about it my wife loved it um there were some cool things like the lilies at the end and all this like um it was 
it was just really cool to see that representation. And we've talked about it. I mean, obviously, I've talked about it the most. But, like, man, Reservation Dogs just kicked off season oh, two. Oh, um, yeah, love that show. My, my, my sisters and their families are watching Molly Denali, which is, like, a native cartoon on PBS or something. Uh, Peacock has Rutherford Falls. Um, we have a Lake Wacox as one of the main, like, players in the MCU, like, street level now. Like, it's a good time to be invested in, like, native entertainment and so um yeah this was so dope man and like i think they did a good job with it like we we walked out of the movie me and my wife walked out of the movie um i don't i say walked out we walked out of our kitchen (laughs) (laughs) yeah we figuratively walked out of the movie like really excited about it and and i think it's cool to have stuff like that because there isn't a lot and and like you know my wife even said like we didn't have stuff like like i didn't have a female native led like action movie to look up to like that didn't exist. Um, and so the fact that you have this now is just fantastic and gosh, this movie was a ride, man. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cool to be, you know, from that perspective and it really sounds like they handled, um, all of that really well. And as a totally super duper white guy, like I thought this movie was incredible. It's loud. It's, it's amazing. Like, I loved all of the, you know, the Comanche Nation stuff that they did in it. Everything about that was fantastic. And filmmaking, too, wise, was incredible. Some of those shots. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. The cinematography. I think that's why was... it's getting this critical score, because this the cinematography in this movie is incredible. And I think that's where a lot of those early, you know, 80s, 90s action movies kind of suffered, is the cinematography just because we've come a long way since then, honestly, is what it what it comes down to. But man, this movie was beautiful. It was beautifully shot. So And yeah. just like just to touch on this too, the fight scenes were phenomenal. And even like the fight scene with where she has in the camp with the French traders, it like obviously has nothing to do with the predator at that specific point. And that's like mm-hmm. one of the best fight scenes in the entire oh, film. Yeah. I was like, they did not phone this in. Like they <laughs> this is sick. Well, that's why yeah, I, I was here. It for was it. really cool too. Like when I was watching, just how some of the the fight scenes played out, and then like when the end credits were rolling, the fight coordinator yeah. was actually titled Native American uh, Warfare and Tactics, whatever. So like it was someone who actually oh, dope. I yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It that's was actually sick. someone who like specialized awesome. in like ancient, like actual Native war. And I was like, so this is yeah, this is another piece of history too. Is like, um. There is a there is an actual native sign language, right? And I, I was taught this by some of the elders. A good friend of mine who's now passed, his name's Del First. Um, he taught me some of this stuff. He taught me some Dakota language and he taught me some native sign language. And the idea was if you had like two bands meeting that were hunting and, and you didn't know like whether this person was Dakota, whether they were Crow, whatever, like you could talk to them in sign language. So you wouldn't tip off whatever it was that you were hunting. Mm -hmm. And they use that in the film. Like there's a point where I think the brother asks if she's okay. And she does this, which is like the, that's what we, that's the okay. And I'm like, that's so cool. Really invested in this. Um, Yeah, dude. Phenomenal. The fact that they did like the native. And that was the other part that I had to give props to. Cause like I, everything that uh, Amber Thunder is getting is well-deserved. She was fantastic. But like, that complete overshadows uh, Dakota Beavers, I think was his name, who plays her brother. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This was the yeah. first movie he's ever done. Like, That's I would incredible. not. Yeah, right. That. I would have never have guessed That's that. Wild. He was so good. It's like he'd never acted before. Or not act, but like mm-hmm. he'd never been in a movie like this. And it was just like. Sure. And just the chemistry those two had and just the way, like, he, as much as Emmerman Thunder steals the show in this movie. Like he's very much the side star of this as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I mentioned at the very beginning of this review that we're going to talk about the Predator first, and we've definitely not talked about the Predator at all because <laughs> we're just cir- because we're just these. It. <laughs> I mean, these actors stole the show. Like this yeah. is this is a movie about them, not necessarily about the Predator. And and you know, obviously, that's kind of what all the other Predator movies are about too. But, like, that sure. was the moment in those other movies that you're looking forward to is when, you know, you're seeing the Predator in action. Like, this part was, it was an engaging movie aside from the Predator, even though the Predator was still, obviously, the main, you know, uh, antagonist in this movie. But still, their story was just so convincing and so well told 
that it's kind of hard not to talk about them, honestly, when you're talking about this movie. Yeah. Anyways, back to the Predator again. <laughs> LJ, I know you're a big Predator fan. Yeah. I, as a not huge Predator fan, thought this Predator looked sick with the kind of mm. like the bone like mask thing that it had going on. Where would you put this on, like, visually? Like, how well did this movie look compared to all the other Predator oh movies? Oh, my gosh. I loved it. I, like, to me, like, this is my now my favorite design, Predator design. They really went into, de- into detail on basically not giving him the same armor and same weapons they've been giving him every movie. They really reflected, like, hey, this is 200-some-odd years in the past, so... You know, their technology also is still evolving at this time, too. So there's, you know, the different tools. Um, The thing that I I really liked was when he started doing the arm thing that he normally does, like, the self-destruction thing with. But then he just dropped it on the ground and, like, set that bomb off and and things like that. Like, there's so many changes, like, to to his equipment. But even his, his armor is so minimal that, like, he doesn't have, you know, the different plating and stuff he had before. The mask especially was a major highlight for me and obviously they really showcase the mask itself but so there's i I come from a uh, video game influenced angle on this too the shield like and and from what i remember correctly like that's a new thing is the shield that is very god of war influence that is the way kratos is shield operates in the new god of war video game and uh trachtenberg has also been kind of known as like a video game fan and so which made me geek out about that even more because i was like yes dude definitely played god of war and said i want that in my uh in, in this movie and then the actual I, I need to double check on this but i also read that trachtenberg also played uh, valhalla and enjoyed the soundtrack so much in assassin's creed valhalla and got the composer to do prey that's amazing uh, which is super amazing and it just goes into like we've been talking about how this movie is just so detailed in everything it does. And this, the look of the Predator and the design is definitely like... And it's weird to say, but he's still menacing. But it's almost like this movie kind of like not downplays it, but it's like he's supposed to feel that way. But, you know, these people are just handling him. And it's like even the Predator is still feels like an early stage of the warrior Yatja, which is the actual race um, that we know. So it's like... Even the predators themselves themselves are still learning at this point in time. Yeah. Um, it's because they basically sent dropped him off and said, "Hey, like scout, you know, see what yeah. this planet's about." Right. So I, I love it. My favorite design for sure. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. And as a you know kind of a noob to the predator, I've obviously watched the original Predator, but I don't think I can recall watching any of the ones just clips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought this predator design looked awesome so yeah i was all in on that and it was like it played on the great and i don't know what all the other movies are kind of like but in the original predator movie they don't really do it as much because i think the horror genre wasn't quite as fleshed out in the horror that we know today like horror thriller but like in this movie prey i noticed that they don't show the predator's face almost at all when he has the mask knocked off um, and I, I thought that was really cool. Like That's even, in, even, in, yeah, totally intentional. And, and even shots when he has his mask on, you don't really see his head very yeah. much. And, and they do that to like, kind of build that tension and like make it more like, I mean, oh man, in, like in well, the first who movie, is this you threat? don't see his actual face until the end. Right. He's laughing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it is, you know, basically a, a cheesy eighties action movie. So when you see his face it looks pretty cheesy when he's laughing so but anyways this movie i thought handled that just incredibly and i thought i'm like a newbie to kind of the horror thriller genre and anything action past like from 95 previous i haven't really watched a whole lot of which is why i haven't watched a lot of the predator movies but yeah i thought this was just incredible so well made i think i'd say there's there's just a couple nitpicks that i have but they didn't detract from like me my viewing experience at all my number one is the whole like female warrior aspect was really cool but at the same time she's got like all these six skills and then every, when she's like trying to prove them to her tribe she all of a sudden can't hunt and can't like 
I don't know, do this stuff. It just seemed like, and then she like ties the rope onto the tomahawk and just like is whipping it around like. And it suddenly got like a bungee cord elastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're this incredible warrior, obviously, yeah. and and she can't convince her tribe that she can even go hunt. That was kind of a yeah. little like eh, I don't know about that, it, and that it just feels kind of like she kind of like practices and tries, but when it's actually time to get it done, she you know she doesn't right. stumble. Suddenly, just yeah. yeah, yeah. So that part was a little like actiony flick to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It just played into the whole like, hey, this is an action flick. You just kind of gotta watch it and enjoy it. Right. And I, I do not love think how, too much like, about it. Her tribe didn't really see her that way, but also that worked in her advantage because the predator really didn't see her as a threat either. Right, true. Uh, so it like was like, wow, like it's not just a, to me that doesn't make it just a trope because like, even the predator is like, nope, making like, you're no chance, you're no yeah. fight for me until yeah. she becomes one. Yeah, definitely. Yep. But uh, that, I mean, that's not a knock on, you know, Ab- Amber, like she acted her butt off in this and I hope they get some reward, like awards at the end of the year. It wouldn't be like Oscars necessarily, but like, you know, Golden Globes, maybe they get some nods or something like something, that. Something, yeah. Because uh, they, I mean, they deserve some stuff for this movie. I, yeah, definitely think it was incredible. All right, guys, so moment of truth. We're going to go ahead and rate totally what you thought of this movie. And Zane and LJ, for sure, and Jarrett, too. I don't know what your experience is with the Predator franchise. If you guys could, like, just go at quick, like, ranking where this sits on your on your predator uh franchise for you like is it the best movie in, in the whole franchise is it like two three four you know where where does it sit that would be pretty cool so zane why don't you go ahead with your ra- rating and ranking oh man this was something i've just been pouring through this uh, i'm gonna go ranking first um just because i like i can't figure out how i want to actually do the rating my ranking i think that i settled on is this is just barely below the first Predator movie for me. It, I'm a huge sucker for nostalgia and just that classic 80s. So, like, I'm putting this at very close number two. So, Predator, this is a close two. And then Predators three, Predator two, and then drops down from there. But from that, and then, like I said, how there were some nitpicks, things like, yeah, the, the rope, <laughs> the 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 rope tomahawk i was like eh. and then yeah just the you failed at the hunting stuff but then just switch and then the other thing the one scene in particular really sticks out to me there was kind of an awkward it was when uh the the french trappers like captured and she was in the in, she had her in the cage and there was been this like brief moment of like silence where she wasn't answering them and she goes to talk it's like it's like she carried no expression. It's just like, it sounded like someone was answering the phone as they were going through a tunnel. Like there were just times where like she would go to like speak and it just seemed like it was like, it didn't match the situation. I mean, that was, I, I, I'm going to watch it again, but it was just kind of an odd, maybe part of it too, was just cause it was in English. <laughs> it was just like, maybe I just missed some of it there, but I'm going to give this movie a 5.5. I'm going to rewatch it again, nice. though, and see if I change it. Yeah. But right now, 5.5. All right, Jarrett, why don't you go ahead with yours? Um, maybe it's like recency bias or because I'm a bit of like a, a golden retriever, so I'm like easily excitable. <laughs> um, and maybe this will sour in a couple days, but like this is a 6 out of 6 for me. I enjoyed this movie way more than like I thought I would. Um, and I thought I would love it, so that's maybe saying a lot. As far as ranking goes, this is this has now become my favorite Predator movie. Um, immediately following it would be the original Predator. And then it's been literally like a decade since I've seen these movies. I really liked one of the AVP movies, and I can't remember. I really liked one, and I did not like the other one. Whichever one I liked out of those two, whichever one is the good one, is right under that. Well, that would, um, that would be AVP. That would be AVP. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think it was there. Because I think Requiem Requiem's terrible. Whoever wins. I don't remember. Whoever wins, <laughs> um, they lose. So like, yeah. yeah. Re- lose, Requiem's um, bad. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes, it goes, it goes Prey, the first Predator, uh, AVP, and then I just, I'd never seen Predators before until I watched it last week, and that was really good, so that's yeah. immediately following that list. But yeah, this movie rocks. Prey slaps. Go watch nice. it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, LJ, you're up. Okay, so my ranking is, I'm going to say this is number one for me because 
it's kind of like you know you guys you know you guys have said and you and Jared have said like you know you watch it with family obviously because it's the you know personal connection but to me I don't show somebody that's that's unfamiliar with Predator an older Predator movie I just don't uh, this is the movie I show them so that's what makes it number one for me like this is the movie that I'm gonna be like oh like yeah you heard of Predator but it's like no, just watch this. Like you, I promise you're gonna like it, kind of a thing. Like this is the movie that I will recommend to people that are like have heard of these these cheesy old movies. But I'm like, nope, this is the exception right here. Um, I think um, you know the tribe and and that story has a bridge for um, a wider audience to connect with. Uh, I think uh, so. This is why I would say number one because it is the one I, I will absolutely recommend to everybody. Yeah. Number two is definitely the original Predator, and then number three would probably be AVP. AVP was, you know, I was I was still pretty young, and I you know I got to see it in theaters, and so it was just one of those things like it it escalated uh, my fandom uh, for it. Um, also, you know, there were books that I read that were amazing where they had this woman that also like joined the Predators and stuff like that, and it was I recommend reading comics and books too if you guys have not already. But this movie, I'm also writing a review for this movie uh, for Geeks Under Grace. So I have to be a little bit critical here. So I can't do six out of six. It's going to be five, five point five for me as well. So. I think I would agree with this, uh, even though I'm not in the same boat as like being a huge Predator fan. Like if I were telling somebody to watch a Predator movie, it would be this one. Like I think that's yeah. a, you hit the nail on the head there, LJ. Like, this is a beautiful movie. Like, even yeah. if you weren't into action or thriller yeah. or the horror genres, like, you could watch this movie and still be entertained. I fully, fully My, my nitpick so. is that, that the French guys were kind of very silly and kind of satirical yeah. in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and then also, like, you know, I, I guess we were going full spoilers, but her using the gun. I'm like, I don't know how I felt about that, you know? Or, like, maybe how her tribe would feel about that, you know? Like... Well, it's actually using this technology. Now that she bring that up to you, like, it's a deeper cut, but the gun, that's Raphael Adelini's gun. And that's what's printed. Yeah. And so that's the gun at the end of Predator 2 that the Elder Predator gives to Danny Glover's character. Oh, most definitely, yeah. And, yeah. and so the original, where that story comes from, Adelini was a pirate captain, and his men mutinied on him. And basically, yeah. he fought off all of his men, died in the process, but, like, the Predator watched it, and so, like, the Predator took that, the pistol, as, like, as uh, a, a trophy of an honorable hunter, or honorable fighter, and yeah. so, and that's why in, like, Predator 2, he gives it back to Danny Glover, because Danny Glover killed a Predator, that's kind of the, how that, so, I, I don't know how they're gonna go from there, and that works, because, like, obviously, at the end of this movie now, she has the pistol, but we know at yeah. the end of Predator right. Two, the Predator has that pistol again. So like, you know, I don't know how that's gonna like. If we get a sequel, does that mean Predators are gonna come and just yeah. wipe them out now? Like, I don't know where that's gonna tie in, because you know, yeah. since they kind of changed the origin of, the, of that pistol. But I'm interested because it's like yeah. it gives that possibility of like, okay, what are we gonna do for a sequel? You know, because she she has the pistol. And not to derail it further, but um, I think Trachtenberg has said like, oh, this isn't necessarily an origin story or a prequel. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, what do you, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> right. Then? Like, that's what why the pistol? It's just right. Set in the in the Predator yeah. universe, the Predator yeah. cinematic universe. And they say it's in the same timeline, so I'm like, okay. I mean, he, that's that's what he has said. <laughs> right. So I'm like, uh, somebody's not communicating here. <laughs> um, but that's a nitpick, you know. Like, right. It's definitely weird now that we talked about it, but yeah, that's a nitpick. I think I'm on on uh, the same page as pretty much all of you guys. I would give this a 5.5 out of 6 as well. Um, just an incredible movie. And it's actually, like, really concise, too, which I feel like is, is a good thing for somebody who's coming in new to this. Like, it's only an hour and, like, 30 nine minutes i think yeah and, and they get things going fast yeah they get things going fast but they don't see that's kind of the complaint that we've had with a lot of these um mcu stories that we've had in phase four is that they try to cram so much into this one little thing that they cut out a lot of storytelling that can make the story better they didn't do that in this movie like they told a 
a good story in the hour and 39 minutes that they had. And like you guys said, I've got nitpicks as well with with her just, you know, being an amazing warrior. And then all of a sudden she can't do it when, you know, she's trying to hunt a rabbit, you know, or something like that. And then also one thing that I just wanted to comment on is that a lot of the main criticism that I've seen online is that like this little girl basically kills this massive predator and it's just not believable. And it's like, bro, you're watching a predator movie. Like he's a literal alien coming here to hunt people. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. if that's believable for you, then I think you're probably watching the wrong movie. (laughs) And they did a lot to showcase her smarts and her way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. To me, it's believable. And like the predator killed how many French dudes and an Indian, you know, tribe, like and, and while they were freaking gris- trying to grizzly bear, and a like, yeah. grizzly bear exactly. The predator did some awesome stuff in here and and got super weak by the end of that, and she was able to use her smarts to take him right. out. Like that's what it comes down to. And I think I don't understand how people are mad about that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was a fantastic way to do it. I always hate that argument too, because yeah, like you watch back through that movie, like. Yeah, you see all the stuff that the Predator's doing, but, like, do you not notice the amount of damage the Predator also takes throughout the course of this movie? Because it's, like, oh, yeah, it, it's the right, same yeah. thing. Like, he's got cut scrapes. He's that whole scene where he's using the acid to, like, reheal his own wounds and stuff. Yeah. And it's just well, he's and, struggling. Yeah, just and he comes he back, like, three times as well, where you think yep. he's down, and yep. then he just, like, gets back up. And that's, that's the way it should be, because he's right. the Predator. It's just... And, it, yeah, I think I, it's an, that criticism just doesn't make any sense. Well, I think it's a, it, the unwritten thing too. Like it was mentioned earlier, of the, the predator basically didn't put the respect he should have on Nabu's a hunter because there's like it, it's about the hunt and a respectful hunter. Yeah, right. And like obviously, like she got caught in that the the bear trap. And, well, he let her go. Well, because he's not going to caught a trap prey because that's not an honorable you know hunt. It, yeah. So like by so if you put it in that perspective. That's probably he probably looked down or he wasn't doing stuff because yeah you look when he was out with those Frenchmen oh my goodness he just walked through them like just absolutely oh it was so satisfying to watch too it's just like that oh yeah scene. those guys are getting what's coming to them that scene in and of itself <laughs> oh was God. so good but uh it, it just I, to kind of a throwback I, it was an article I was reading and to kind of what Jarrett was saying with especially with like the sign language of just the little hints of that you wouldn't know this unless like there was a native American influence of who was actually like working on this movie. One of the main producers of this movie, I can't remember her name. Is it like Julia Martin or something? Well, she's also Comanche. And at the end of the movie that she actually suggested this while they were shooting, because they originally didn't have this like in the script. And so maybe Jarrett knows this, um, but apparently it's a taboo thing in native American culture to whistle at night i don't know if you ever heard that jared so because it's it supposedly it attracts evil spirits and so what they change in that scene when she's fighting the predator in that solo fight at the end to bring her over to him she whistles and that was that she starts whistling and and that was that that producer's idea of this is why we don't do this because we believe it attracts evil spirits. Well, she whistles She's breaking rules to get the job exact, done. to bring the evil to her. Right. And it was like, that's right. such a yeah. cool oh. little touch to add there. That's cool. It's yeah. a cool nod. Yeah. You can definitely tell there's a lot of thought put that's into awesome. this movie and just, you know, and for a streaming drop too, like this could have made money theatrical. I feel this like would have, this would have like made so much cash if it was in theater. Yeah. I would have been there at three 30 on a Thursday. Like yep. it was for bullet. Train. I would have been there as I well. That was a missed opportunity for sure. I would have taken that day off work. Yeah. And just even, even though it was my day off, but <laughs> <laughs> double, double off work to watch pray yeah. Thursday in the afternoon. Like if I didn't have that day off, I would take off work. For I do have a, another, um, review from infinity bro robbie he just got done watching it he says easy six out of six incredible action and awesome storytelling i think that's kind of things that we've mostly been talking about tonight just incredible movie guys definitely go check it out on hulu or if you're not in the u.s on disney plus uh really really awesome action horror thriller 
whatever you want to throw this movie into the genre of Predator cinematic universe flicks. So, well, guys, any other comments uh, that you wanted to make before we kind of close off the episode here that we haven't touched on yet? I just really love that uh, y'all gave me a platform to geek out about Predator because anytime <laughs> this stuff comes up on my, on our podcast, I'm like, yes, I love this thing. <laughs> and my co-hosts, they're, they're a bit younger for me and don't have the same nostalgia as like older 80s stuff as I do because I grew up with an older brother that like just took in all this stuff. So it's like anytime this kind of stuff comes up, it's just like... I feel like I'm talking to a wall sometimes, but I love that I got to geek out with y'all. Well, like Isaac even awesome. threw that threw that in our group chat, and he was just like, "Hey, I know LJ's really into this. Should we invite him on?" And like I even messaged Isaac back. I was like, "I was legit thinking the exact same thing." Like without, because <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Hey, like if y'all are doing this, like it'd be awesome." <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're so excited to have you on, LJ, and thank you so much cool. for joining us. It it has been a blast. Well, Infinity Bros Universe, thank you so much for making us a podcast or part of your podcast experience. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. You can catch the Infinity Bros at theinfinitybros.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, all the socials. Thank you, Infinity Bros, Zane and Jarrett, for joining us as well. It has been a blast. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i had you guys because i don't have all the awesome like background knowledge of the predator cinematic universe to (laughs) to back me up here so i got a lot of experts surrounding me um and i feel i feel safe i feel cocooned with all the predator i tell you what though if we need like yeah if we need really early like niche uh like homeschooled christian culture i yeah i'm the guy to call yeah if you want (laughs) to if you want to listen to some early 2000s christian rock you call me right up because that's that's my niche (laughs) i'm the guy to call The best part of that is and Zane, the Zane too. Right, I was gonna say the homeschool niche is like look to Isaac, not the actual homeschool guy. <laughs> not the, not actual the actual homeschool <laughs> guy. Yeah, no, Zane is also well versed, so I, I I'll stand with Zane on that issue as well. Thank you so much, Infinity Bros Universe. We love you, three thousand. Have an amazing day, weekend, or night. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at The Infinity Bros. You can also check out our website at TheInfinityBros.com for links, reviews, and sweet merch. Feel free to send us listener feedback via social media or email at InfinityBrosPodcast at gmail.com.